Overseas Basketball Connection is an app and platform that connects the pro basketball player to the pro basketball team without having an agent, keeping them coins in your pocket. Normally, when a player wants to play pro, they go hire an agent, sit on their couch, and hope the agent's out there working hard for them. Not knowing if the agent's putting in their work, contacting teams, or putting them on the back burner. With OBC, we give the player the power to have their career in the palm of their hands. With our app, players can check out live openings from teams around the world and send their game film and stats straight to the team in seconds with the push of a button, cutting out the middleman agent. No Referees Podcast and OBC have teamed up to bring you an exclusive offer. For the month of June, you'll get to sign up for free. Tell all your Hooper friends, your sons, daughters, cousins, it doesn't get any easier to live out your dreams with OBC. Overseas Basketball Connection, number one source for players to play basketball overseas. Welcome to the No Referees Podcast, where we have unpenalized conversations with sports personalities on industry news, their grind, the game, and much more. Please check us out on our social media pages at No Referees Pod for up-to-date info on the show. No rules, no texts, no whistles. This is No Referees Podcast. Welcome back to the No Referees Podcast. We're bringing you another quarantine edition of our podcast. As always, you can find us on our social media pages at No Referees Pod and on our new YouTube channel, No Referees Podcast. Along with Special Jennings, I'm Eversaka Joby. We got a very, very, very special guest today. She's coming all the way from the other side of the border today. She embodies that we are the North. <laughs> she's, <laughs> Canada, <yeah. laughs> she's an owner of Kingsway Boxing Center in Toronto. She's a founder of Fight to End Cancer. She's a referee for International Boxing Association. She has more jobs than uh, a person south of the border. <laughs> you can find her on Instagram at Jen Huggins and on her Twitter page at Jen underscore Huggins. She's a magician and she always tells you defeat is not an option. Special friend of the show, Jennifer Huggins. What's up, Jen? How you doing? Hey, hey, man. That's a thank you for the great intro. Uh, doing well. I, it's funny when you said that more more jobs than uh, south of the border. There, I I've got um, Trini parents. My dad's from Trinidad, so I was ah. always taught have every job. So if you lose one, you haven't lost it all. That's the very first question I would ask you. Usually, the first question we ask our our, our guests on No Referees Podcast. And by the way, you're the very first referee we've had on No Referees Podcast. So it's an honor. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but <laughs> I me, was just about to say that. No but referees. Me, yeah. <laughs> so, but me, you know, my father's Nigerian, and I grew up listening to reggae music. And I see on the back of your wall, you got that Bob Marley greatest hits on there. So okay. you got you to tell me, what's your favorite song off that album? You know what? So here, here's the deal. I was going to tell you on the phone when we talked earlier today before we were getting ready for this, but this office, I can't take full credit for it. So this office was originally my fiance's DJing room. So uh, if, you, if you look around here, I've got like, uh, I've got some turntables back there. I've got all uh, my stuff back there. Actually, all the way around me are all of his DJing stuff. The only uh, thing I can really take credit for in here, and I'll get back to your question on my favorite uh, song on there, but um, the only thing I can really take credit for here is the guitars in the background, 
the uh, I've got a I've got a keyboard beside me over here um, <laughs> because I'm a I play music myself. Okay. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really lucky that I was able to take over. He doesn't really DJ anymore, you know, all this technology and stuff. Um, he's South American, but uh, yeah. So for me. I don't know why, and this, it could just be the, the messaging behind it, but Buffalo Soldier for me is like hey, one of my I was going to say that because, you know, fighting for survival, you know what I'm saying? You got it. So so I can't take credit for everything back there. I do love the music, but uh, he's the real, like, music guru. You can throw out anything from any of those albums, and he'd be like, no, right away what to say, what the music is. But, yeah, definitely, fighting for survival. That's And that's what we're all doing right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about right now going on in Canada. You know, what's, you know, we're in America, you know, we have a different set of rules, politics and things of that nature. Talk about what's going on in Canada with the social distancing and how that pertains to everything going on there with the with boxing to Ontario and, you know, Kingsway and things of that nature. We are shut down, uh, slowly getting back to, uh, I guess, opening doors really, really cautiously right now. I think all of us. So I'm, completely shut down right now as a business boxing Ontario. So you mentioned I was president of boxing Toronto. Actually I'm president of boxing Ontario. So we have a province here and Toronto, even though most people think that Toronto's the country, even because of Drake, um, we are just a little city inside of a big province. So uh, the province that I am running right now with the association for boxing Ontario, which is basically within uh, boxing Canada is one of the, it's the second largest province in our country and it's got a lot of boxing clubs. So I think we've got about 120, maybe 150 clubs and a couple of them are shutting down for good right now, just because it's just the climate, not knowing when we can open our doors, the price of rent being the same, it's all the same things that you guys are struggling with. The world is struggling with right now. Um, but yeah, we're, we're just shut down right now trying to figure it out, but we've gone online. So we're doing online training, virtual training. And quite honestly, like, I'm not going to lie. I enjoy it. It's been, it's been a learning curve. It's a different dynamic for sure, but it is, it's pretty cool. So I've, I, I have to learn to like it. So if I didn't like it before, I got to love it now. Our co-host, Special Jenny, she's a resident amateur boxer. You know, she, she's taught me a lot about the one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Oh yeah, like he said, I'm, I'm very amateur. Um, I actually just do it for cardio. I just did it today. I, follow, I followed your page and saw the things that you're doing. What, you know, my question is to start from, from, you know, when you were younger, what started you out in boxing? What got you involved? Like, you know, how has how that, um, that become like a, a big piece of, of, of your life? Um, so when I was younger, I was a figure skater. I had nothing to do with boxing. I wasn't even allowed to watch Rocky as a kid. Uh, my parents were quite strict and I was, uh, I was national level figure skater. So I, you know, at long story short, injury led me to a boxing gym, literally walked me into a boxing gym and I never turned back. I think all you have to do is punch something for the first time. doesn't matter whether you're going to be a competitive boxer or just do it for fitness. The minute you punch something, whether it's a bag Hopefully it's a bag. The first thing you punch should be a bag, <laughs> but uh, learn how to do it right, right, before you do it. Um, and I never turned back, and I've just, because of the competitive part of me, like it's really, it's deep inside of me to be competitive. I, I took it to the highest level I could. At the time when I started, it was not really a sport that was uh, as accessible for females. So uh, I hated referees, and so I like breaking rules, so I'm glad that I'm here breaking rules with uh, no referees today. Um, there you go. No yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I get to, so I, I really ended up taking the sport to the highest level that I could in the, in the within the section of the sport that I could take it. Um, being a coach as well, and made it, I had to make a hard decision of whether I wanted to take coaching to that level or refereeing. And I think that at the time it was a pretty easy decision. So 
it was kind of step by step. Uh, boxing just I came I came into it when I was sixteen, and honestly, it's just it's the best sport out there. I I guess I'm a little biased, but honestly, it saved my life. And every boxer you ever talk to doesn't matter fitness or competitive, they'll have the same thing to say. I I agree. I would say that, like I said, I I do it for the cardio and things like that. And we all talk about the the punching something. Let's talk about the feeling, like the emotion and everything when you went when you received your first punch. Like what? <laughs> give give the people that like because I know for me I was like you know it took me back a little bit like wait a minute they hit this hard you know like what what was it like for you at when you got when you got hit for the first time what was that like for you? I think being a figure skater I got hit the hardest when I was falling because when you're falling you're falling on cement and you're not falling forward usually you're falling backward in like whiplash getting yourself like concussed like to no end so. When I first got hit in boxing, I was actually surprised the other way. I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, I was pissed. <laughs> it's like, you didn't just punch it. And I saw I, I, the first punch that I remember. I know I got punched like, touch, like tap, 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 because I, I got in there with people I trusted at first. But the first time I sparred for real, getting ready for a fight, was like punched to the nose, saw stars, was a little pissed off, actually quite pissed off. And I just came back with rage and anger, which didn't really help the situation. But it really taught me some really great, great life skills, which is, you know, you're going to get punched. You're going to have to punch back, but you got to choose when you fight. You don't, you don't get to, you should not be reactive. You need to be proactive. Um, so it was, it was definitely a learning experience. And uh, I was surprised that it, it didn't hurt so much as it was just pissing me off, really. <laughs> I feel like every boxer has like this, this complex about, it's almost like basketball. And basketball is like, you know, you had this thing about you, like, I'm not about to get crossed up. I'm not about to get crossed. Do you have a thing about like, I'm never going to get knocked out. I'm not being knocked out. I don't care how hard she hit, she's not knocking me out. Is that like a thing you, you hold that, that same thing, chip on your shoulder? You know, the hardest I ever got, so I've never been knocked out, but the hardest I ever got hit was by a dude when I first started refereeing. And it was a 175-pound guy. And the joke still is that, you know, he hit me with his best shot, and I still didn't go down. Um, you know, I don't think I ever had the, I, I think I very quickly, because I was young and I was taught by a really good coach, I don't think I ever had the ego part of things where I was like, you know, I'm not going to get knocked down. I just, it wasn't in my head that I would ever get knocked down. Um, it was, it wasn't an overconfidence more. It was, I, I think it was an ignorance. I didn't realize that this kind of sport could actually knock me out. Uh, only until I started refereeing and seeing the bigger boxers um, and seeing, I think the only, actually, you know, it's a lie. I, I did get hit by a good liver shot once by a guy who was pro boxer now. And that took me down. That really, I was like, but it just took me in my knee, not all the way down. But when you get a good liver shot, oh, that doesn't feel good. But, but I think if you're a good boxer, uh, you're eventually, and this is coming from a referee standpoint, I've seen the top boxers, they can get, they can go down. So I think now knowing that, um, I realized that, you know, what not to get hit by, but before when I was competing and when I was training, I had no idea you could get knocked down because I got hit and I was like, this isn't doing anything, but it could have been yeah. because I was like, I'm soaking wet. And so were the people hitting me. What's the transition like for you? So what, what's the transition from going from, from, from boxing to now refereeing? Like, do you find yourself in limbo sometimes or you get stuck watching and, and, and like critiquing as opposed to. Um, you know, and I don't know what, you know, exactly what you're supposed to look at when you, when you're judging and things like that. Um, so yeah, the, uh, I went from being a, uh, boxer to a coach very quickly and then into being a referee quite quickly as well. And I've been a referee now for longer than I was a boxer. So in the beginning, I probably did get distracted. I actually can't remember now, but I probably did get distracted by watching the fight, getting immersed in it, 
wishing that I was the one in there because you never really let that go as an athlete. You, you can do it better. You know you can do it better, especially when you, come, um, when you become a coach or a, a referee and you're watching all the time. You actually see it from a different perspective. Um, but I can tell you one thing. It was a lot easier, and I, I hate, I want to be careful saying this, but it was a simpler uh, logistic when I was the fighter with only one boxer in front of me worrying about those punches coming my way versus being a referee or even a judge now where I have to be able to watch two boxers at the same time, literally at the same time, throwing punches. And as a referee, knowing what they're going to do next. So not just throwing punches at each other and not just watching both two boxers, but knowing what they're going to do next, where they're going to move next, what they're going to throw next, because you got to get out of the way. So it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting dynamic. And I don't find myself getting distracted anymore because you have to be so focused on what's happening and, and how. Um, and as a judge, same thing, you don't watch one box, so you got to watch between both of them and see everything. It's not miss one, not miss one punch. Otherwise you're doing disservice to the athletes. I want to just ask real quick to stand right there with the, you're seeing both, both fighters. Uh, one of my friends who's a basketball referee wanted me to ask you about the angles, you know, as a basketball referee, you, you have three, three referees on the court. Sometimes the angles get blocked. Sometimes they get what's called cement feet. So I just want you to talk about like the, the difference of how you move and how you're always constantly moving and not getting cement feet and what are you looking for in those angles? Yeah. So, and actually that was, I was meaning about the fact that, you know, it used to be just one boxer, you called the shots, you moved where you wanted to move and that boxer could follow you or you're following that boxer. You're in control of that movement is being a referee. You're not in control of the movement. You're reacting to the movements and you've got to be one step ahead of their movements and predict where they're going to go because Cement feet, I think that that's kind of the same idea. If you get stuck in the ring with two boxers throwing punches, you're going to get hit as a referee. And when I'm refereeing guys who are, because mostly what I referee is men, because it's just not enough women right now for women to only referee women. I don't think that's really a thing anymore. Um, and quite honestly, men are, are a lot of fun. Big, big, big dudes, bigger than any woman probably would ever get in there and fight, are crazy fun to, to referee because you can see it from a different angle. And they're not, as, they're not as dangerous of punches in some ways because they're coming from up here above your head versus where your head is. Um, but same, same thing as a basketball referee. I never really thought about it that way. However, there's only one referee in there, and you have to hold a position that allows you to see what's going on, uh, make sure that you have a vantage to make sure you can see the open side. We call the open side when you've got two boxers boxing sometimes if they've got their position so that you can only see this side of them you can't be over there so you got to make sure that you're always in the right position always moving you can't get cement feet you can't you can't get stuck because if you do you're going to get knocked out the consequences are pretty bad it's not it's not like any other sport maybe like other combat sports but it's not like any other sport out there you can't make a mistake and not get noticed hey you got to be ducking dodging like mike tyson punch out in there so Right. I was just about to say that you got to be moving. Um, I actually, it's so funny. I was looking at YouTube and I was watching some of the, the greatest hits or whatever. And of course, underneath it was like the greatest knockouts on, on official on refs. Yeah. And like there were so many where the ref was in so close and a punch got missed and, and, and the boxer swung and like hit the, hit the, hit the ref. Like, man, that, that has to be scary. You're, you're going with like men, right? Yeah. 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 Do you have, do you have like a, in basketball, we have like a, um, I guess, um, a, a favorite, like a, a team that we just want to coach or somewhere we want to be. Do you have like a fight that you would just want to referee? Like, is there one fight like you like, man, if I could referee this one fight, it's yours? Uh, you know, pro fights, it's funny. Um, 
I was able to, I was very fortunate to be part of the Rio Olympic qualifiers. So I worked all the way up until I actually did the Rio test event in um, Rio in 2016. I think it was 2015 leading up to the Rio Olympics. And uh, there was so many fighters in there that I got to, you know, be a part of their Olympic journey, uh, right from, you know, them showing their first, you know, time into a world championship to when they were qualifying for their Olympics in, you know, the test events or whatever the situation was. It was just all of these really cool opportunities to see, to see these boxers at different levels. Now, the interesting thing as a referee is that I never actually, and it's probably the trait or tell of a good referee is that I didn't know who they were and I didn't pay attention to names because at the time I saw red and I saw blue. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, if anyone sees this, you know, I want them to think I'm a fair referee or fair judge. It's because I literally didn't have the thought of even wanting to know who these people were probably it was probably because I wanted to be fair but I just had no idea so interestingly enough uh, there were a couple of names uh, because I didn't end up working the actual uh, Olympics I ended up just working the qualifiers leading up to the Olympics so by the time the Olympics came I watched the Olympics and you know there was a couple of fighters that I watched there's one guy out in the UK his name's Joshua Boatzi good friend of mine actually now uh, has been pro for a little while now since the Olympics he's been pro and he is a sick fighter, man. If you guys want to bring him on and talk about fighting, he's, he's a sick fighter. He's an amazing dude. Um, and I was lucky enough to be part of his journey as a judge and referee leading up to the uh, Olympics. And now as a pro, he's undefeated uh, 12 fights. He's every poster, every Nike poster in the UK when you get off um, the airplane in Heathrow is him. So he is just such a beautiful fighter. He's uh, in part of Joshua, um, uh, Anthony, sorry, Anthony Joshua's camp. So uh, I don't know if you guys know who Anthony Joshua is. Maybe you should. Yeah, maybe of you course. Do. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I know Anthony Joshua. Hey, man. That's my brother. From my, my brother from over UK. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's tough. You know, Wilder, Joshua. But you know what? At the end of the day, he's uh, – so he's part of that camp, and I would love to be able to referee him again. Um, I'd love to be able to referee Lomachenko, who's uh, probably one of, like, I think probably pound for pound right now, in my opinion, one of the best fighters out there. Uh, incredible fighter. Uh, I agree. Yeah. So, so there's, there's guys like that that I'd love to get in with. I'm sure that it would be actually really cool if Tyson gets back in just for the fact to be in the ring with Tyson. Love to love. <laughs> I saw him sparring the other day on a video. He don't look like he lost it. Like he, he still does that bobbing and, and I, I, I have to imagine that he still hits hard. So now this is, this is no referees. Let's ruffle some feathers. Who is the greatest boxer of all time? And who is your all-time favorite? And, so, and, and I'm going to back off that. And who's, that and, and who's your favorite Canadian boxer, too? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, oh, man. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, we are putting you on the spot. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, no we Come on. All right, all right, all right. So um, I'm going to go a little PC because I can't, I can't go into amateur boxers and because, you know, I have no favorites in there because they're still amateur whatever. So – I think best pound for pound or best boxer that, you know, of any time, I, I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to say like one of my favorite boxers uh, in his heyday was Tyson when he was, you know, really at his height of his, you know, the, at his height of his career, when he was getting in there, he was, he was with the biggest guys. He was the smallest guy in his weight class and he was knocking these guys out and he was tactically, he was beautiful boxer and he was in a weight class. that was what people still found, you know, to be, it still is one of the most interesting weight classes. If you can find some good fighters who, who keep fighting and are don't, are not just sitting there being beast like and throwing their jabs out there. So Tyson's probably one of my favorite fighters uh, of all times, kind of at the height of his career. 
Ali is probably one of my favorite fighters for what he uh, what he brought and what he brings still to. I remember the day the day he died was just like I've never been hit by you know death in a way like that when I didn't know the person. I mean, I've seen people, you know, when people got sad, when Michael Jackson died, people got sad when Prince died and all these things. But, but for me, that was the first time that when a celebrity passed away, I was like, oh, like, it was like this feeling of huge loss because, you know, yeah, he's got his things, we all do. And there's a lot of, you know, controversy around some of the things that he went through or um, things he advocated for, but his words live on stronger than ever now. And, you know, when he was alive and his quotes are something I live by, you know, don't count the days, make the days count it's that is that is to the essence of what a boxer really is because you know you live in that moment you've got you know in some regard you got three minutes in the ring or two minutes depending on what level you are you got to make those moments those minutes count those seconds count because every second counts and you can't think so much you know you can't live in the future you got to live in the now and you got to make it count because it only counts in those moments so he that's kind of where i would say is my favorite for you know of all time for what he's posed to this world uh, and a guy who fought him, he's Canadian, and I think that uh, he hasn't gotten enough credit is uh, George Chavalo. He's, I think, I don't, I don't want to say he's the only one, but he's he's one of the only guys who went 15 rounds with the guy, never once got knocked down. Actually, if anything, Muhammad Ali, I, forget, I can't quote him exactly, but he said it was one of the toughest fights and one of the hardest hits he ever received. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Ali ended up having to go to the hospital after that. He won. Ali still won. But uh, George Chavala went the distance. He's an incredible Canadian legend. He's still alive right now. He's dealing with a huge amount of dementia. It's, it's horrible to watch. Um, but he still shows up to this day. He's in his 80s. Uh, I think he might be 83 or 84. Still shows up to every amateur fight, shows himself there. He's, he's a legend. He's a living legend. And he deserves a little bit more, I think, for people to know what he's done and what he's accomplished for the sport and for the community. I thought you were going to say Carissa Shields. Uh, yeah. That's what I thought you were going to say. Actually, it's funny. It's totally, um, I'm trying to think. I have a non-disclosure agreement, but I am working right now on a film, uh, Flint Strong, that is uh, going to be, it's on hold right now, but it's uh, Universal Pictures. And I was brought in as the uh, boxing consultant. Uh, I could, think I can talk about it now because that, that contract's uh, on hold for now. But uh, so I got brought in to work on the movie. Uh, with, And I'm actually going to be, if it goes through, I'm, I'm sure that we're still going to try and make it work. Um, I'm going to be the final, I believe, uh, Olympic referee in that movie. So that's a little information nobody else knows yet. Hey, no referee, get that exclusive info. That's what yeah, we're talking I mean, about. <laughs> Let me take a time now to tell you about my friends over at Soul Lounge, Houston's premier boutique for the latest fashions. Chinatown Market? Check. BBC? You know they got all that. You know Adidas? Man, they got all of that stuff, too. The swag, the footwear, Yeezys, and they got everything. No Referees Podcast and Soul Lounge is partnered up to bring you a special offer for listening to this episode. Go online to soullounge.htx.com and enter promo code NORULES to get 20% off your entire purchase. That's no rules. All one word, all caps. Soul Lounge. Live what you love. So, Jennifer, I want to pivot away from refereeing. Let's go to something else I know you're near, uh, that's near and dear to your heart, uh, your Fight to End Cancer uh, Foundation. 
you know, talk about how that started, you know, um, how you got into that. You know, we personally, uh, myself and special, have dealt with family members uh, with cancer and things of that nature. So talk about, you know, how you got started with that and, and how much that means to you. Yeah. Uh, so Fight to End Cancer, I started it in 2011. We've done, this was going to be, this year was going to be our ninth event. Uh, we've had over 100 fighters be a part of the fight, including this year's team that's going to fight next year now. Uh, we've had mostly people who've never stepped in the ring before uh, who train for about six months and we get them ready for an Olympic-style Olympic sanctioned fight. Um, and then we've had 10 fighters who represented uh, the national team fight on a, it was called the Friday Night Fights card. So boxing is a huge theme of it, obviously, and there's a lot of other uh, facets of fight tan cancer that not necessarily including boxing. But the theme is boxing, and the fact was when I started it off, there was two major things that were important to me. One was the community and fighting to end cancer because I was touched um, directly with one of my very close friends at the time. I'd never witnessed what the effects were, not just on the person fighting cancer, but also the family. And also the, and I know you guys uh, in the U.S. have an even tougher medical system, but the medical system here in Canada, though it sounds good, sometimes has its massive holes that uh, the individual that I was fighting for was paying upwards of $100,000 per year just to stay alive. And that all made me realize that I had to do something with the sport that had given me so much. So the intention was to bring people uh, an awareness to two things. One was the, the fight that cancer really represented to people. Uh, and it wasn't as popular at the time. People didn't feel comfortable talking about their cancer. People didn't feel it wasn't cool. Back when I started fighting cancer, it was, it's not that cancer is cool, but it wasn't cool to talk about at the time. Um, so I wanted people to feel comfortable with that. And then the second part was I wanted to bring boxing, this thing that I've always been given so much flack for. Back then, especially, I was still, people didn't really like, you know, boxing or they thought, you know, it's a blood sport. And I literally had media who wouldn't help cover it because they said, well, you know, we don't cover that kind of violence. So I wanted to expose and educate people on what you know, cancer, what it was to fight cancer and what it was to box, not just fight, but actually box and fight towards something. You know, you've got these fighters fighting against each other, but all for one common goal. So that was the theme of it. And it grew from being kind of what would have been a one-off to being something that we've now raised $1.5 million, over $1.5 million for. Uh, and it's benefiting cancer research at this moment. And we're also doing some other community initiatives where we can actually give directly back to the community uh, right here in Toronto and right here in Ontario. I'm so blown away, um, first and foremost. I think that it's incredible, let me say that, that you have used um, your, and I say you sport as a vehicle um, to further grow and, and further um, better us as, a, as, as people. And th I mean, that's, that's different, that's unique, that's special. As ever said, we both had family that's been affected um, by cancer. Um, is there, and I don't want to get too personal, but, you know, was someone in your, you know, like, do you utilize it? Is someone in your family going through this? Or, you know, have you, you know, and then I, I know for, for me, when we do our um, breast cancer game, pink awareness games and things like that, we form these relationships with, with um, some of the patients because, you know, we're talking to them, they come to the game, they celebrate, you know, we went this year to the hospital and things like that. Um, is, there, is there anyone that's just like near, dear to your heart that's just, A, your number one fan, but also like you're their number one fan? Um, with regards to fight and cancer, kind of like what we're doing there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny when I started it off, there was one individual that I was fighting for that kind of, you know, initiated, it was a catalyst behind fight and cancer and starting it. And then, uh, since doing it, this is now we're going 10 years, we're heading towards 10 years. 
we've built our entire family out of people who have, you know, been not just touched by cancer, but we've lost now family members to cancer throughout the process. It's, it's so ironic. It's like, it's horrible. It's, uh, I don't know if that would count as hubris, but it's not, it's not something that you look at and you say, you know, I, I'm proud of in any way, but at the same time, I'm proud of the fact that we have this family that can all fight together and support each other. So I would say that I've just collected this incredible family and, uh, you know, I'm their number one fan. They're my number one fan. They're my heroes. I, you know, I don't even need to be their hero because we're all in this together. And it's just something that is every year I can say that, you know, for every person that we lose, I know that we're starting to save more and more, but for every person that has been fighting with us, the ones that we lose, their legacy goes on because of what we're doing. And that's something that is so important to all of us now. So something that I thought was going to start as like a one-off event, you know, raise some good money, move on to the next thing has turned into something that, you know, is going to move on. It's going to live on way past, you know, when I die. Um, it's going to live on past, you know, when the people that we're fighting for pass away uh, because their legacy lives on through it. And, you know, even though we're not doing the fight this year, so this year's event got canceled because of the, um, because of COVID. It's, we're so strong of a family that we're still fighting. You know, we have a fight. Um, we actually have a conquer COVID campaign right now, trying to raise money for the hospital that we, uh, we were aligned with because they are 3D printing um, personal protective equipment just so that we can keep fighting this disease so that we can fight cancer still. Like it's, it's actually a pretty incredible, it's a pretty incredible story that I can't, I haven't even really wrapped my mind around. That, that is incredible. You're, you're a remarkable man. And I don't know you passed like us being on, on here, but you, it's very touching. Um, do you all collaborate with any other, um, athletic industry? Like, do you, do you collaborate with any other sport? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the one major thing that was important to me was inclusivity. And that's a theme that I take across everything. I, it doesn't matter whether it's boxing, it doesn't matter whether it's fighting cancer, it's just my own life. Um, the, the fact is for me that we actually need to be able to include everybody and from every sport and I travel the world. So it's important that we open the fight up to the world. So I've got, you know, golf tournaments, I've got boot camps, I've got um, you know, if Tennis Canada wants to do something or if you actually we have our trademark in USA now. So if USA has any, you know, basketball wants to run a tournament, like a fun little house league tournament, we can do it with uh, anyone anywhere because cancer is not just in Canada. It's not just in Ontario. It's not just in North America. It's a worldwide thing. And we need to find hope more than even just a cure for cancer. We need to find hope within the moment, you know, make every day count. Right. Yeah, yeah. I love the fact that you're y'all doing that. I, f I follow you guys on uh, social media, Instagram. Like we talked before, uh, especially I don't know if you got a chance to check out Jennifer's uh, photo, but she got this clean photo where she got this nice little outfit on. They took some pictures in this nice hall. Or, you know, she got one picture, she got the gloves on. Next picture, she got the stilettos on. You know, and, right? that, and that picture actually is uh, uh, with the chief of police uh, for like the chief of police so that's uh he was presenting some awards to some of our sponsors who made it possible yeah yes i appreciate all the work you do so we're gonna just switch over to one thing real quick one thing we ain't mentioned now you i want to let you off the hook if we didn't mention this thing so your spare time i read that you was a magician now i can why can't i can't see you boxing knocking somebody out hitting somebody with a body blow then you gonna get a shower run into the car and then you're gonna be like come behind the curtain Talk about this real quick. What's the magician life like? So, uh, you know, it's, it's like my escape, like literally my escape. I, you know, need to, I need to be, you know, aggressive sometimes. And sometimes I need to just fucking disappear. And it's something that I've had a lot of people say like, Hey man, 
you are an international referee, you are a president of multiple associations, uh, you've got your own business, why are you still keeping with this like stage life? Why are you still, why are you still performing? Listen, man, there's nothing more gratifying than making people happy, making people smile, making people wonder, making people see the awe in the world. And when you see that, it doesn't matter whether, I mean, I've performed on tours where some of the crowds are like, you know, tiny, it could be like 50 people. And I've performed in Beijing where it's like in a, one of the Olympic stadiums and it's a hundred thousand people. It's for the political you know, crew. It's crazy. And no matter what and how small the crowd is, there's nothing that compares to making people feel good and seeing that look on their face and feeling that room and hearing that room be like, what? Like, what, what the hell did I just see? And I'm, I can't give that up. I've, I've told a couple of people, all right, fine. You know, I'll, I'll start moving on. Like, I know that I'm, I'm not above anything. I think that's, that's probably the other theme of my life. I'm not above anything, you know, putting on those stiletto heels and going up on stage and, you know, dressing the part and doing, doing what makes Cause that to me is dressing up. Like I, when I dress up like a girl and like all pretty and stuff, that's me dressing up. I, this is me here. I'm like t-shirts, you know, jogging pants, feeling comfortable sweating and like, you know, showering and then sweating again and looking, you know, just being comfortable. So I dress up, go on stage, make people happy, make people smile, make people wonder and nothing compares to it. So yeah, it's a pretty magical life. Literally. Oh, real quick. I, I can yeah, I was say I can agree with that because that's like coaching. You see, like I'm in shorts and and when it's time to get on on that floor, I'm in in heels and and Everest can attest to this. You yeah. know, yeah. it's like Sunday's best. I got a question real quick. So you spent with, with magician, magicianism, or magic, as they say, <laughs> Ill, the illusionist or the prestige. Which movie is better? You know, I, I've seen both of them, and it's been so long since I've seen them. The illusion, which one was which? Which was the one uh, where the guy, there was like, I don't want to give away anything to people who haven't seen it, but there was like two magicians, and then there was the one that so, was. So the prestige was the one with uh, Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale, and you had like the twins. That yeah, was, yeah, that, that yeah, was the yeah, prestige. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, and the, the illusionist, I'm trying to remember the illusionist. I, you know what, I can't remember, but I know my favorite is the prestige out of the both. So. <laughs> I, I like the prestige. I remember, so I remember that's the, the, that's why I brought it up. I, I remember the prestige. I have a hard time liking boxing movies and magic movies. Uh, I will never watch a figure skating movie because God, like I, no, I like to no Chris it. the Yamaguchi, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I actually can't stand. I'm actually one of those people. I have a really hard time watching stuff. I need to be doing it. So I haven't really caught up with a lot of movies. Uh, I mean, this fact that I'm working on a, a movie with or for Clarissa, Clarissa Shields right now, you know, I'm in it. I'm doing something with it. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the consultant. I'm, I have some sort of purpose within it. So I've been really bad at watching stuff, and I kind of now I'm using COVID to try to catch up a little bit. But uh, I might have to rewatch that and uh, and do it. But again, fuck, get into it, do it. I, you know, I don't, I don't usually watch stuff. <laughs> I'm pretty guilty of that. Oh, we gonna we gonna see you on a red carpet with those stilettos on again, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, actually, I do perform out in the states a lot. Now with this whole COVID thing, I'm not sure how much is going to be happening anytime soon. I know a lot of my friends in the magic world are struggling right now because they can't perform and, and online's not the same. I mean, even for boxing, it's not the same, but doing online magic, it's it, you lose something, you lose something magical when you do, because who knows, could it be, could it be TV magic? Could it be, you know, a lot of it's editing now when you see it. So it's just lost that, it's lost that little essence. So I'm really hoping we go back to being able to perform soon. <laughs> Well, I know, like ever said, we were getting ready to to, to wind it up and, and um, jump off the call. I wanted to say I just liked like 15 of your pictures. And just so I can be at the top of your thing, 
can you go critique me? I, I would love to hear your critique. Again, I do the cardio for fun, but I just want to critique, you know, my next in my next life. I may I may throw the gloves on and, and try to go pound for pound. For sure, for sure. I'll take a look at your uh, I'll take a look at some of your videos and do you have some instructional stuff on there? Yeah, then I'll I'll definitely take a look. I, I have like uh, I'm I'm going through it. Yeah, I'm going I'm going through it so you can see it and just comment on it, critique it, let me know. I, again, I'm out of shape too. That's well, listen, man, uh, Chicago is one of my favorites. Like, I, it's my actually, I really enjoy it there. That that city is probably one of the nicest cities. I love music. I love uh, I love the people there. So I'm gonna be back there. So when I am, I'm gonna hit you guys up and I'll show you a couple moves. You can show me a couple moves and uh, we'll get in there. Yeah, real quick, we got about two minutes before we'll I let be you here. go. Before I let you go, we always ask all our guests. You know, no referees, no rules, no text, no whistles. I want you to tell me before you get out of here, what was the very first time you got into it with a referee, either from figure skating, from boxing? You know, what was the first time that you was like, man, yo, fuck you, referee, or something like that? You know, um, I, when I was a figure skater, I, when I was a figure skater, I hated them. I would say, fuck you, behind their back. But ah, That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. <laughs> But, but I was I was like a kid, and I didn't know that I could actually say fuck you to your face and still get away with it. Now, as an adult, and as uh, someone people seem to still respect, the only time I've ever told a referee to fuck off was actually when I became a referee, and I found out some of the corruption going on at the time. This is back leading up to Rio, and it's public news now, and I remember asking that, you know, there was one referee that I asked in specifically, why the fuck are you doing this? Why are you cheating? Why are you being corrupt? What You know, what is it about your role that you think you have that power to do this shit. And I just remember that referee saying, you know, if I don't do it, I'm not going to go to the Olympics. And I was like, Oh my God. And I just laid the fuck into him. Cause I was like, this is absolutely, did you forget why you're here? The only reason why you're here is because of the athletes. The only reason why you are a referee or have a purpose is because of the athletes. And you're going to go fuck with that because you want to go to the Olympics. What about the athlete who wants to go to the Olympics? So that uh, is probably, I hope it doesn't get me in trouble, but that's, that's where it's at for me with the fuck you referees. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing, coming on, sharing some stories today, Miss Huggins. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. We appreciate it coming on. Everybody, please go follow her on our Instagram page at Jen Huggins and on Twitter at Jen underscore Huggins. Hey, I'm saying that right, right? Miss Huggins, right? Miss <laughs> Hugging. I'm Miss Hugging right now. <laughs> okay, good. We, we appreciate you coming on No Referees Podcast. You stay safe out there in Canada. You too, guys. You guys keep strong, nice keep safe. You, Jen. you guys too. Thank you guys so much for the time. That was awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the No Referees Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this show. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on social media at No Referees Pod. Till the next episode, we out.